What ho, podcast pals, and welcome to this week's instalment of Discontent Provider, the show that looks upon this weary, wicked world and despairs, the show that hears the cries of the righteous and the wrong'uns alike, the show that knows the pain and fear of each and every one of you, and even though ours is much worse because we're so terribly sensitive and musical and what have you, does its best to empathise even with people who can't play the harmonica. I'm the Silver Fox, the more vocal part of the team, and with me is of course Arkham, the world's greatest lurcher, who doesn't say a lot but his wide old eyes speak volumes. Not great for an audio medium I suppose, but uh, he's all I've got to work with. We're reclining, as is our wont, in the bower of beauty that is our happy place, a truly heavenly corner nestled in the stern bosom of rural Warwickshire that is sheltered from all the bad things that hold sway out there in the real world, and where the nastiest thing we're apt to encounter is a crumpled hula hoops packet discarded by a rambler. It might not sound too frightful, but it's the sort of thing that can really jar a chap if he's not ready for it, I don't mind telling you. It's not even barbecue beef flavour, for God's sake. Ready salted. A fucking savage. Of course, it's easy enough for the lad and I here to pick the damn thing up and take it to the next bin we find. And it's considerably less noisome and ghastly than what I'm carrying about on Arkham's behalf, too. Uh, he's just been wormed, you see, and the results have been unpleasant. So I'll square my shoulders and get on with it, with an heroic stoicism that I fancy rather becomes me. Stone me, cats and kittens. There are people having to cope with far worse messes this week, after all. The most obvious mess uh, is the ashen detritus left in the wake of the chaos that swept through Cardiff's Ely area at the start of the week. Uh, Soul-destroying, though an abandoned bag that once contained an unimaginatively flavoured, low-quality snack food manifestly is, it, it would be, I must concede, as nothing in comparison to having to clear away the charred remains of an upturned family hatchback. I, I don't know an awful lot about cars. Are, are Vauxhall Vivas still a thing? Uh, not to mention the other remnants of a full-on riot. Kudos, then, to the council workers tasked with sorting out that ungodly shit show. Well, quite apart from anything else, they, so far as I can tell, are the only cats and kittens connected to the affair whose motives are clear and whose actions have a widely understood purpose. And that, sad to say, is about all that one can say with anything like certainty about the whole shocking affair. Yeah, I know that this is the internet and a measure of wildly bold declarations on a subject about which one knows the square root of bugger all is all the rage. One might even say comme il faut if he wanted to show off one's flawless glass grasp of French pronunciation. But with the specifics being so thin on the hastily cleared ground at the moment, I wouldn't like to venture any thoughts on the incident. Indeed, it's been suggested, and seems quite likely these debased times being what they are, uh, that online rumours uh, played such a large part in escalating the situation from tragedy to urban inferno. Unusually, it looks like I'm not alone in this. Despite a few tepid speculations, our not notably United Kingdom's normally carnivorous media seems to have done a fairish sort of job of reining in their wilder instincts. Uh, while the riots following the tragic death of those two lads uh, received several column feet of coverage, aside from uh, the occasional lurid description of armoured police facing off against a horde of youths and faces contorted into macabre grotesques by the flickering flames of burning wheelie bins, 
the uh, the fourth estate seemed to be avoiding the worst excesses of hyperbole and fear-mongering, which oh, must have hurt them like the dickens, now I come to think of it. Incidentally, uh, to anyone questioning the phrase, those two lads, I'd, I'd just like to say that I, I really prefer not to mention them by name, uh, because their, their deaths are unquestionably personal, individual tragedies, uh, awful heartbreaking loss to their families and friends and I would in all honesty feel like the most dreadful rotter were I to profane their names by linking them to this no budget amateurish effort or to use them to make any sort of a point. Were this a crusading sort of undertaking I, I might well do so of course and, and should it emerge from the fog of uncertainty that some sort of crusade is called for you can bet those sweet little bippies of yours that I absolutely will but for now I Ah, well, I, I might be a lot of things, but uh, I, I'm dashed if I'm the sort of fuck stump that can just glibly cite the names of dead children to win an ill-defined argument or to score an easy, easy win over organisations and institutions of which I disapprove. Even though they'd do it in a fucking heartbeat, mind you. Right, having established my moral superiority, yeah, let's continue. Uh, no, as we know so little about the events leading up to the crash, it really wouldn't be cricket to say too much about the incident itself. I mean to say, I've read one report that says that the collision involved a bus and a car, and I've seen a police statement to the effect that no other vehicles were involved. Although, already, you see, here's, here's a problematic thing, because they might have been referring specifically to, pol uh, to police vehicles being at the scene. So, so you see the problem, podcast pals. There simply isn't much to go on in this murky cesspit of accusations, contradictions and wholly understandable emotion. One would think, and one would certainly hope, that at some point in the none-too-distant future we will see some dash cam footage from the police van that was, apparently, following the two kids on their electric bike. That would absolutely give us an insight into what, if anything, was going on. Until such time as that footage is made available to us, and I'm bound to say that it would look 18 kinds of iffy if it weren't, uh, we're still left groping in the dark, and not in the way that is beloved to so many of us either. From a bit of CCTV video, we can't really tell with any certainty if the van was chasing, following, or just happened to be going down the road at the same time as those poor kids. Without knowing what was going on in that van, we can't say that the police's initial statement that there was no chase was a deliberate lie, or that it was a case of cop A not knowing what cop B, and maybe cops C through to J, was, or were, doing at the time. What we can take away from this dark affair is the sad reflection that it's all too plausible that the police could deliberately bullshit the civilian world in order to cover themselves. Years ago, such thoughts would have been un considered unspeakable by the media, however thinkable they were in private. Uh, despite a general public awareness that the bogies were perhaps apt to look out for their own with a vigilance that was occasionally sadly lacking in their dealings with lesser mortals, or that it was not unheard of for cops of all ranks to maintain an almost silver foxy and blind eye in exchange for a suitably stuffed envelope, it was vanishingly rare for a paper or news broadcaster to give open credence to the notion that a Rosa might not be playing entirely according to Hoyle. Now don't get me wrong, cats and kittens, this isn't weepy nostalgia for the good old days, and I'm not suggesting for a second that slavish veneration and automatic trust in law enforcement has ever been a sound attitude. 
Rather, I'm, I'm just noting how far we, as a society, have come. By the same token, though, I'd like, with your kind indulgence, to say equally emphatically that this doesn't mean that the uh, Cardiff cops were in any way at it. What I'm getting at here, in my hesitant, tongue-tied way, is that we tend to question things cop-wise more than once we did, and to ponder why that is the case. Part of it is, I suppose, the sheer availability with which uh, information and, for balance, misinformation can be created and disseminated. I'm old enough to recall the very early days of the interweb, and having given you enough time to gasp with astonishment or recover from the swoon into which that astounding revelation must surely have sent you, I'll continue. I'm old enough to remember the very early days of the interweb, and uh, at the time I, I didn't think very much to it. Uh, rather than the much ballyhooed age of information the mavens kept waxing lyrical about, all it seemed to be to my naive and techless eye was a load of weirdos trying to fuck strangers and track down grainy images of celebrity ladies' privy parts. Well, but we all know that story. Eventually, the potential for information exchange did manage to rise above the frothing ocean of anonymous sex and candid beaver snaps, and now we see that very little can be hidden from the all-seeing eye of Cybersauron for very long. Indeed, digital records, emails, WhatsApp messages and the like have been instrumental in making us more aware of just what fearful bounders many of the soi-disant great and good actually are. Sadly, it's also got a lot of people horribly confused about the shape of the Earth and whether or not JFK Jr. is really dead, but uh, one can't have everything. Now, as to whether or not the deluge of material has made uh, people more cynical or has merely facilitated an already deeply held distrust of authority by enabling people to act upon it, I really couldn't say. Maybe people in power, from cosas to cabinet ministers, have always been every bit as deplorably shitty and self-serving as we rightly suspected them to be all along, and technology has just made it easier to catch them out. Well, so much for our attitude to contemporary British policing. Uh, let's turn our jaundiced gaze upon the media for a moment. Uh, as I said earlier, the press seemed to have taken a strangely cautious uh, position on the Ely riots. If we, if we look back at the age of journalistic police helmets sucking to which I alluded earlier, it isn't hard to see how events like that would be chronicled. The narrative would be stark and simple. Heroic, sturdy six-footers wielding truncheons in one hand and the scales of justice in the other would be seen to quell with admirable firmness the thuggish forces of anarchy and unrest as embodied by drug-crazed, unwashed inner-city layabouts out for carnage. Those old enough to remember how uh, most of the Red Tops covered the miners' strike uh, will recall how the mounted officers uh, wailing on picket lines were portrayed as Arthurian knights running down our nation's enemies, for example. Now, though, it seems to me that even the more conservative media outlets, perhaps especially the more conservative media outlets, are focusing not so much on the violence of the bestial underclass as once they would, but have seemed to stress the ambiguity of the police's account of events. Now, that is odd, wouldn't you say? The theory that nipped most immediately into my mind is that there has been uh, quite a concerted attempt in some quarters to discredit the old bill of late, 
Uh, much has been made of their alleged softly, softly approach to environmental protesters and of, uh, and of the community police officers dancing, oh so very badly, with LBGTQ plus campaigners. Uh, words like disgrace, woke and why don't they stick the boot in have been doing the rounds in right-leaning circles for a while presumably with the aim of hyping up desire for the return of what they consider no-nonsense policing and the return of the much-loved firm hand. The apparent inconsistencies in the Ely narrative can certainly have played into that. I, I, I mean, it might be wildly hypocritical for them to wag fingers and get outraged about the deaths of a couple of teenage kids they would normally paint as chav yobs on a nitrous fueled crime spree but when has moral consistency ever been their bag cats and kittens? No, the main thing is that it gives them the ch uh, uh, excuse to talk about the urgent need for a top-down reform of the constabulary, one that may or may not be designed along lines similar to those of the Schutzstaffel. It might also be noted that uh, riots wherein a strong racial issues were to be found received very different treatments from the media, might it not? Yeah, white victims, white rioters, no chance to rope in an immigration subplot. Oh, why bother ramping up the fear and loathing? Just stick to the facts, and uh, if the chance comes to cast aspersions on a cop or two, that's all just gravy. Ah, maybe I'm overthinking it all, though. Perhaps everybody, cops, journalists, politicians, that whole massed army of power wielders, great and small, have always been perfectly dreadful and are just simply getting worse. Questions for another day, perhaps, or to haunt our sleepless nights as we awake some new horror to lunge at us from our screens and newspapers in the cold light of the next day, eh what? Ah, say what you like about Discontent Provider, but Arkham and I really do do our best to live up to the title. And having done so, we'll take our leave, but not before we've expressed the most fervent hope that you'll drop by again next week for more of similar throw a like or a subscribe or a share our way won't you or all three uh if you've got anything to say to our faces our pretend virtual computer internet faces that is you can email us at uh, discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk or tweet at foxy and arkham don't forget all this forgoing mulch represents nothing but the opinion of a cockeyed folky and should be used for entertainment purposes only. Cheerio! Let me tell you the truth, the burden of proof is on every motherfucker but me. I can lie and I can defraud It's so easy I'm getting bored Cause I'm part of the powers that be Let the thick with the scrabble dig puzzle and scrabble I know how to cover my tracks I can do anything dozens of underlings Keep all the scoops off my back And even if they catch me out But what in the world can they do? I'm deep in the roots of august institutions, privilege will pull me through. I'm fated, I'm celebrated, insulated from consequences or threats. I'm establishment from my head to my feet, and nobody's busted us yet. So take your best shot, give it all that you've got, I know I've got nothing to fear. 
Just bear in mind that me and my kind have been winning for 2,000 years. It doesn't matter what you can dig out, oh, out an old dimension. Even if I get kicked on my ass, I've still got a gold-plated pension. Maybe you think the truth is out there and someday you'll set it free. But it's been bound to gag with its head in a bag locked away and I've swallowed the key. Honesty is for suckers when you're filling your benefit claims. For the likes of us it's irrelevant, well ain't that a goddamn shame. Sometimes I sit on a green leather bench, sometimes I don't know how to wig. Sometimes I put on a copper's blue surge or traffic with corporate pigs. Sometimes I edit a paper, make sure the headlines echo my will. Whatever I do, it's the suckers like you that wind up paying the bill. I'm heartless, I'm vicious, I'm quite meretricious, but who's gonna tell me no? There's millions of gullible idiots out there digging the status quo. As the world gets older, my bullshit gets bolder, and there's not a thing you can do. With plausible smiles, we'll all move in miles ahead of peasants like you. With plausible smiles, we'll always be miles ahead of the peasants like you.